Good morning, good morning. Hello, everyone. Um, so this morning, we've got one of my favourite women in, Sarah Green, the Sarah Green. clap? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I love this lady. I watch her stories all the time and she inspires me daily. So, Sarah, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with you because I feel like, where should we start? Where do you want to start? Tell me, tell me a story. Oh, God, how long have you got? I mean, <laughs> first of all, thank you for the lovely, lovely intros. Um, massively reciprocated from both of you. Love you both. Love what you're doing. And, um, yeah, really honoured to be a part of it, actually, and to get to share my my story, which I hope can give some kind of value or, I don't know, a few bits of words of wisdom in my uh, crazy 35 years. Yeah, <laughs> so when you... It's, it's no secret that you have battled with your own mental health, right? You were open about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. And when did that start? So I think I always knew from a very young age, I had quite a traumatic um, childhood. My mum and dad separated when I was like three. And um, in the middle of the night, my mum, I actually, all my family are from Reading near London. And my mum sort of did a bit of a moonlight in the night. <laughs> and we moved down south. And from then, from the age of three, I think it was very... It was a very turbulent childhood. Um, My mum was obviously a single mum and I didn't have any family around. Um, And we moved into a caravan and I lived in a caravan until I was probably 14, nearly 15. And um, because my mum was a single mum, I spent a lot of my time on my own because my mum made the decision she didn't want to live on the benefit system um, and she wanted to go to work. So she went to college and went to work. And she obviously at the time thought she was doing the right thing by doing that um, to try and better our lives. But the reality was that she was completely um, absent Mm. physically, emotionally, mentally. And when she wasn't working, she would have... um, Uh, lots of different boyfriends trying to find her own way you know and I think because of that I suffered from a very young age with with severe loneliness Mm. and I always knew that I was a little bit different because things that would happen with my friends from a young age like five or six that would sort of you know um would bounce off of them like a childhood fallout or a boyfriend that they liked at school not liking them would deeply affect me Mm. and I would become really really down and then when I was about 13 um I had a boyfriend you know as you do when you're at school and it was going through a really difficult time lots of different things had happened with my lots of um toxic battles between my mum and my dad and things like that had gone on and I had a boyfriend and we broke up he actually finished with me never ever forgiven that guy (laughs) (laughs) oh he wishes he's with with you now oh god (laughs) but um he he broke up with me as as you do and I just couldn't deal with it and I remember actually saying to my mum at the time I can't I feel like I can't cope with this the pain that was inside of me it was so intense and I'd already I had a level of pain with me that I carried around all of the time and the only way I can describe it is was like I was quite a small person when I was younger um I'm not particularly big now but I was small and it was like the feelings and the emotions and the pain that was inside my body was way beyond what my body was capable of coping with and that's the only way I can really describe it. It was like this pain was too much for my body and I, I just couldn't bear the thought of it. I didn't know what I was really doing at the time. I didn't, I, I mean, it was probably a cry for help, but I remember I took, um, I went into, my mum was working. I used to not see my mum for like maybe two or three days at a time. 
So I was on my own a lot. And I remember thinking, I just don't want to, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, and I took lots and lots of tablets. And then my mum came home and found me and I got taken to hospital. And I remember waking up um, the next day in the hospital and being really sad and really, really devastated that, you know, that I was at this position where I, I didn't know really, I couldn't understand really what I'd done. I just know I didn't want to feel the pain anymore. I didn't mm. want to die. I just didn't want to be in this position with this pain anymore. And then at that time, depression, and, and especially in younger people, was very, very taboo. It wasn't spoken about. I was told by my mum and my dad, you know, do not tell anyone you've done this. People will think you're oh. mad. They then, you know, they didn't, because I was so young, they couldn't put me on medication. They wouldn't put me on medication. And there was no real funding for mental health or anything back. I mean, I'm only 35, but this is like 20 odd years ago. Mm. Um, so I sort of went back to normal life. It was never really spoken about again. And then at the I got on with my life. I ended up, you know, um, I was I smoked from a young age. I was just completely lost. And then I found another boyfriend. I had another boyfriend. And when I was 15, he was actually 24. Looking back on it now, which was ridiculous. But um I think I saw him like some sort of, you know, father figure. Mm. He'd give me lifts to school in his car and give me, it was crazy stuff when I look back. And, um, and again, like we broke up. Um, he actually ended up seeing a, 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 a girl that was much more, you know, compatible with his age. And again, I couldn't deal with it. And I remember again thinking, but this time it was different. I, I didn't want to be here anymore. I, I genuinely was quite clinical about how I was like, I've had enough. I don't want. And, and the thing is, that this is what I think is really important to talk about with mental health. And I know a lot of people that have been around people that have taken their own lives or have had them thoughts themselves. And the, the reason I believe that people take their own life or tr attempt to take their own life is not because they want to die. It's because they really can't bear the prospect of living a life feeling the way that they're feeling and it never ending and you and you think it's never going to end you think i cannot ever see this ending mm. so i'd rather end now than it continue on for for the rest of my life and be put through this torture so again this time i tried to take my own life and um i was that 50 fit nearly 15 and a half nearly 16 then and then um, that time it was taken a bit more seriously. I was put onto medication. I was put onto a high dose of medication um, to basically keep me alive. And I remember waking up and not having any remorse. I was absolutely devastated that it didn't work. Wow. And it was awful. My mum, I remember my, I had like, then I was on such a high dose of medication that I was like a zombie. And my mum eventually took me to the doctors and said, you know, you can't, she's 15, like 16 by this time. You can't, there must be something else you can do. And um, again, it all came down to funding and, well, you know, let's just see how she gets on. She'll need to be on medication for the rest of her life. So I continued to take that. I then ended up falling pregnant at 16 with my daughter, Honor. And I actually feel like she was my saviour. You know, if it wasn't for her, I honestly genuinely don't think I would be here today. Mm. Um and I remember when I told my dad, him really crying, being so happy that he found out I was pregnant, that it would be something to keep me alive. And um, and then I had Honor, and I was actually in a good place when I was pregnant with Honor. I first, for the first time in my life, felt like I had something that was mine, that I would never, you know, I would never be alone anymore. And then she was born, and I had postnatal depression on another level. It was horrific. And then I went through the whole... Um, 
process again of going back onto uh, medication. But this time, um, I my mum p- came with me and said, you know, you've got to do something else. You have there has to be something else. She's seventeen. You know, surely there must be some kind of therapy. And that's when I embarked on my um, my CBT journey. They I started having cognitive behavioural therapy at seventeen, and it changed my life. Like it really did change my life. I worked through so much stuff, and I believe from that day, uh, when I started to really embrace it, and it was so hard. I don't know if you've ever done any kind of therapy like that. It's the hardest thing to do. It like the homework we I used to have to do to, to try and unravel your thought process in CBT is very very difficult. But I was so determined to do it because I had to do it for my daughter. Mm. Uh, I really pretty much then since the age of seventeen have spent the past well eighteen years working on myself, um, overcoming various crazy obstacles, whether it be through personal. I learned, you know, a lot about myself, a lot about how to deal with depression. I I, um, I appreciate now. It's like my, you know, it's like my little friend that's with me the whole time. It never goes away. It never will go away. But I've learned a lot of things that I can manage it, which is why I then got into, I actually found out with my second child, never, ever into exercise, never in, I was the person at school that skipped the PE classes. I wasn't into fitness. I hated the word fitness. Uh, but after my son Jude, I actually read an article about um, fitness helping with depression. So I got then um, myself a pair of trainers. I didn't. I don't even owned a pair of trainers um, when my son was born. And I started to go on the treadmill, and I couldn't run for literally two minutes. So I started to run for a minute, walk for a minute, run for a minute, walk for a minute. And I built myself, and I then learned that actually the endorphins and, and the serotonin that was being released through exercise was almost mimicking what I was having with my medication. Mm. So I continued to take medication for years on and off. Occasionally I do now, um, especially if it's um, anything traumatic happens in my life. But most of the time I manage my condition with, with food and with exercise. And I've managed to make a career out of actually doing something that I'm so passionate about, which is why when... You know, when when it comes to, you know, you talk about the subject of like resilience and stuff like that. And for me, I've had over the past eight years, I've, I've felt fell into a business now where I'm able to live my passion and help a lot of people. And the reality is, is up until this point, I didn't cut until I found this job. I didn't know. I, I knew I was here for a reason, for a purpose, but I didn't know what it was. And now I feel like every day I get to live that purpose by you know, to be able to share my journey. I mean, I don't go into this much detail with every single one of my clients. <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, but to have the empathy from experience gives me a connection with people to say, you can do this because I've done it too. And I'm not mm. coming from a theory. I'm coming from a place of reality. Living I've it. Lived, yeah. lived it all. Um, yeah, and I just now, um, you know, we've spent, I mean, my husband and I got married very young. Um, uh, we've had some crazy times as well, you know, and that's, I mean, that's a whole nother story, <laughs> how we've come back from some of the things we've come back from. Um, but you know what? I just think the reality of life is life is hard. My experiences of life is life is hard and you have to make a choice of which hard you choose all of the time. Everything's hard. Like it's hard to get up in the morning and be positive all of the time. And it's hard to get up in the morning and be negative about life like it's hard to choose exercise and health and it's hard to sit there on your backside feeling crap about yourself like everything is hard Mm. but one hard gets you somewhere Mm. moving forward one hard keeps you stuck and I chose moving forward because 
I didn't want to give my 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 illness and my past power over my present and my future. You're inspirational, you are. I was are. literally just about to say, you absolutely inspire me. And I think there's so many people listening to your story to say, I felt like that. And I think when it comes from such a young age, it is so hard to deal with. The fact that you had treatment and the fact that you spoke about it and did your homework. And I think it's really essential that people deal with their demons. And like you said, we're all always going to have those demons. But it's about, you know, Jen talks massively about it in the 21 day challenge is about saying, okay, Dave, I get what you're saying, but you can just stay back there, okay? And it's just just actually making a friendship with that demon and, and knowing how to control it. Um, I really, I could speak to you like every day. You, you inspire so many people to be better and I love that. And what I also love is that from really, I think most people wouldn't accept that they needed any kind of therapy until they have some kind of breakdown, which tends to be in their 30s, mm. 28 to 40 I'd say most people start to open up their mind to potentially needing a little bit more but to have had it work from 17 that must have been such a like such a mind-blowing experience because at 17 you kind of think you know everything Mm. I don't know I did but I think actually Sarah you had to mature very fast where you didn't have your parents around so although you were 17 actually you probably live in a late 20s body you know in your head so so I really do believe that yes you were 17 yes you were still a child but actually your mind was so much older yeah definitely I, I look at my daughter now, like Honor's 18 and a half now, and um, we laugh and she was like, mum, how the bloody hell did you have, like when she was 17, you know, how did you have me mm. at such a, she, you know, she's like barely can make herself a packed lunch to work. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to grow up fast, didn't you? I did, and it's all relative, your experience, what you've experienced, no matter what age you are, it your experience is your experience isn't it and and I you know I always say to my kids I hope that they never have to and this Um, is what I want to tell other young mums so there are so many young mums out there that kind of get labeled some really horrible things but you're a really really successful business lady and I want people to say that you know whatever dreams you have just because you've had a child at a young age anything is still possible yeah. yeah oh my god and that is my second super passion you know your past doesn't define you and my kids have actually been a driving force for me you know they've been my why the reason that I, I've I, I believe the reason that I've been so su- as successful as I have as in the past sort of only it's only been recently the past eight years is because I had a massive reason why I needed to do this it wasn't relying upon you know me buying a pair of you know pair of designer shoes and not having to worry about it it was it was dependent upon the legacy it was going to need for my children the the messages that I was going to give my children that you can come and become anything that you want Mm. from where I'll never lose my roots I'll always be you know a bit of a trailer trailer. (laughs) but I love that I love that you were brought up in a caravan and now you're living in a beautiful home opposite South Sea Beach like it's a such an inspiring story you've worked hard you've dealt with your demons yes you still have those bad thoughts sometimes but you know how to process it you know what you need to do to go right snap out of it and I think as, as at whatever age we can the earlier we can do it 
the more successful we're going to be. Um, obviously, it's never too late to do it. You can still be, you can be 80 and still, you know, learn. But I'm just saying, if you can then deal with it, because we kind of push it to Put a side, off, don't we? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll deal with that another in, in next month. I'll deal with that next year. And we know some people, don't we, that have got a lot yeah. of demons that kind of do need to open up, but go, therapy can possibly do that. That's not for me. It's not for me. And maybe we need to word it differently because it is a little bit scary when you say it like that. Maybe yeah. it's an open chat, but I don't know what we need to say, but I definitely think, and that's my worry with, with raising three boys, um, is worrying about their mental health and, you know, with social media and everything, talking is such a beautiful way to express yourself. And I think we need to be open more and, you know, switch off our devices and go, let's have a chat now and let's talk things through. Absolutely. And this is why it's so amazing what you girls are doing and why I love um, I connected with what Jen was doing because I think the world needs more of it and I mean it's amazing what's happening when it comes to mental health there is less taboo than it ever was but it needs to be normalised it needs to be spoke about in a way that's not so us and them like us and therapists it needs to be normal conversation to like the whole smoke and demons thing with Jen is revolutionary mm. because it's a massive massive thing that every single person deals with and i think that and can understand spoke- in that language and i think i loved um i love your idea that you were talking about that i'm not allowed to talk about on here because <laughs> you know, know I, had, I had to sign an nda for her to tell me <laughs> but um just this like real injecting the conversation into the family of yeah. being able to look after each other's mental health, I yeah. think and really changes I things. I really think your 21 days, because it's not classed as therapy, people are taken to it so well. And they're like, oh my God, I've, I've changed. You've had so many messages yeah. of transforming people because it's not classed as therapy, although actually it is therapy. Yeah, it's, it's you doing it's your cool, own therapy, It's a cool really. way to do therapy, I don't know. It's the best type of therapy. And trust me, I have tried so many types of therapy I could list them you know I've been I've tried medication I've tried hypnosis I've tried acupuncture I've tried CBT I've tried counsellors I've tried you know a recessive um, recessive cognitive cognitive hypnotherapy I've list I can list them and the only ones that really really work are the ones that you invest in yourself because only you can change yourself and that's why with the 21 days that you're doing it is forcing you and it's uncomfortable and it's hard but only change can come when you are the one that's doing it yourself and I think this is what people anybody that's suffering needs to take ownership of their suffering this is what I believe because people give power to so many other sources their past their childhood their parents why did my mom do this because she did and you can't change it but you can change you and you know so many people are caught up in that past trauma Mm. like you can't you can't live a happy life living in the past moaning about what your parents did or what your partner did you have to take ownership and And that's it taking ownership taking ownership of how you felt like that's like it was okay to feel like that i understood why i was lonely i understand why she had to do it let's move on yeah yeah love, love it. it oh we love you oh, Sarah I could so much. chat to her all day couldn't you oh. I just love you I just want your face on my wall yeah I do <laughs> beautiful lady She's so beautiful um so if anybody wants to carry on listening to Sarah's journey or find out more about her how can we connect with you 
you can i'm actually going to be doing a lot more talking about this on my instagram which is uh at sarah the body coach a lot more talking about mental health um lots of yeah lots and lots of things coming actually that i've really made it make it a con- uh, concerted effort to talk about regarding not just necessarily my journey but health fitness mental Empowering health Empowering women amazing you are incredible you're inspiring and i think a lot of people today listening will love go, you, thank sarah. you for telling your story we do oh sarah we love you Yay. Cat, you girls. Right. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank big, you, big my love. love. Thank Lovely you, beautiful. To see you. Bye.